Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Guys, before we get into the Colts Jets Week 3 preview, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast. Leave a like and a comment. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. As we head now into week three and the week three game preview here on the For the Culture podcast as the 1-1 Indianapolis Colts hosts the 0-2 New York Jets, arguably the worst team in the National Football League. And I don't want this to sound like a deja vu podcast to week one where everybody goes... They already said this week one, we went up against the Jaguars. Luke said they were the worst team in the league. The Jaguars went out there and they beat us in week one in Jacksonville. But guys, I believe there is proof of concept right now that this Jets team is the worst team in the National Football League. After watching them the first two weeks, I think they are a train wreck in terms of culture, in terms of coaching. Adam Gaze, in my opinion, is a dead man walking. You look at this team offensively decimated with injuries. No Le'Veon Bell, no Crowder. They let Robbie Anderson walk defensively a little bit better than offensively. But they trade Jamal Adams this offseason. This is just not a very good Jets team. The offensive line outside of the rookie Becton, who's having a very solid start to his rookie season, is playing alongside four trash cans on that offensive line. Darnold is set up for failure. They failed to develop him. They failed to put talented pieces around him. No Denzel Mims. So you look at this Jets offense. They don't have playmakers. They're not a very talented team. They're terribly coached by Adam Gaze. And a lot of the things we said week one, we will say again here in week three. Some of the key differences, we have two games under our belt. We have proof of concept that this Jets team is off to a horrible start the first two weeks. Unlike the Jaguars, who we kind of came in not knowing exactly what they would look like in week one. And we also beat ourselves in week one. And now we saw the Colts show up in week two. And I expect that team now to carry over into week three. I don't expect to see the week one Colts. I expect to see the week two Colts, if not a better team than we saw week two against the Minnesota Vikings here in week three against the New York Jets. Yep. I mean, it's the same thing uh, as week one. Just can't beat ourselves, can't turn the ball over, can't get penalties, can't do all those things that allow bad teams to stay in games. If we don't do those things and we just play our game like we did last week, we will be fine. This should not be a close game. You know, you mentioned all those things. They have a bad offense, a bad defense, bad special teams, bad coaches, bad coaching staff. You know, morale is terrible. On top of all that, they're injured and beat up. So, there is really no excuse for this game to even be remotely close, and the Colts should really, really come out and smoke this team. Yep, and let's start off with the Jets' offense matching up against the Colts' defense, led by third-year quarterback Sam Darnold. He's 42 of 67 through the first two weeks, 394 passing yards, a pair of touchdowns, and a pick. I still believe he's a talented young quarterback that the organization hasn't helped. They haven't developed him properly. If you plant a flower in a dark room and you don't water the flower, you can't possibly expect it to blossom and grow. And that's what we're witnessing right now with Sam Darnold 
in New York. The Jets made that trade with the Colts to move up from 6-3. to three. They drafted Darnold. We drafted Quinn Nelson and Braden Smith and Rocky Asin and Kamoko Ture and Jordan Wilkins and all the guys we got from that trade. And I remember at the time, the Jet fans weren't too happy that we called it a highway robbery. They were lucky to get the guy they wanted there at three in Sam Darnold, but they just haven't been able to develop him properly as Sam Darnold leads the 31st-ranked offense into this Week 3 matchup. Not a lot of talent on this offense, Luke. I mean, with, with the injuries especially, that you, you throw that in there, and there's just not a lot here. As far as you know, guys that we know, you know Frank Gore, solid guy but he's 36 years old uh, he, he can still get you yards but he's not a game breaker so you know the Colts can I think the Colts can handle him uh then you look at their wide receiver courts decimated by injuries so there, there are three guys that that they do have that will play this week are Braxton Berrios Chris Hogan and Josh Malone and then they'll probably elevate our old buddy Dante Moncrief one of the most disappointing players in Colts recent Colts history in my opinion uh, and then you look at their tight end, probably the guy I like the most on this offense, Chris Herndon, is a guy the Colts definitely need to account for. But really, not a lot of explosive players, and not of a lot, not a lot of explosive plays from this offense. And as far as rookies to watch, it's it's very simple. Mackay Becton, the, the left tackle out of Louisville, very talented kid, off to a great start, done a great job. As far as the rest of the offensive line, it's an absolute train wreck similar to our 2012 line outside the left tackle. There is not much there. But Mackay Becton is a, is a certified uh, Pro Bowl caliber player already as a rookie, and, and Justin Houston is going to be a, a fun matchup for him. It'll be interesting to see how, how he fares against Justin Houston. Yeah, and if you ask Jet fans right now who the best player on this roster is, a lot will tell you it's Becton, the rookie out of Louisville. He seems to be the one bright spot right now on this depleted Jets lackluster roster through the first two weeks of the 2020 season. As we get into our keys to the game, and key number one, no big plays. They are decimated at the wide receiver position. They don't have Crowder. They don't have Mims. No Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. They don't have that guy to hit a home run. So limit the big plays and make them put drives together against this Colts defense. If you make them put drives together, they will make mistakes. They will turn over the football. Key number one, no big plays. Yeah, it's simple. You, you just can't give up big plays to an offense that, that doesn't have explosive players. So the only way that can happen is a miscommunication or a breakdown fundamentally on the defense. We can't have that. This defense is set up fundamentally by Matt Eberflus to make a team go 10, 12, 15 plays uh, to get points. And I don't think the Jets can do that in this game enough to even be within the same stratosphere as us point-wise. So the key of the game for me is is just – not being ourselves, and that starts with not giving up big plays to a team that doesn't have explosive players. And really the only way I can see that happening is a miscommunication on the back end or something like that. So no big plays, key number one for the Colts defense. Key number two, no dumb penalties. We did a much better job in week two limiting the penalties than we did in week one. But again, another bad team here, a team that we are clearly better than on paper. There's no reason to beat yourself. There's no reason to give them opportunities to extend drives for them. Key number two, no dumb penalties. It's kind of a common theme when, when you play teams that are lesser than you or don't have the talent that you have. The only way they can stay in the game is if you do things to beat yourself. And the Colts did that in week one. They didn't do it in week two. You see the outcome. It's very simple. So 
it's a very simple recipe for, for winning, and the Colts just need to stick to what they did last week, focus on the positives, don't get stupid penalties, don't turn the ball over, don't beat yourself, and you'll be fine. And key number three, play hard for 60 minutes. Kind of goes into all the same keys, especially when you're going up against a team, again, that you're better than. Don't take your foot off the gas. Play hard for 60 minutes. Absolutely. they got to bury this team. This is a team they should bury. This game should be over by halftime. They should be. This is a game where we should see Jacoby and backups in the second in in the uh, in late in the game. There's, this game should not even be close in the fourth quarter. Uh, so I really want to see the Colts come out. And and Reich's had an issue with this, with really burying teams. They, he he they they really need this week to convert all those you know red zone opportunities into touchdowns. The last to start the season, we've had a lot of field goals, not a lot of touchdowns in the red zone. This is a week I want to see us get in the end zone and just bury this team. There's no reason we shouldn't do it. There's no excuses. This this should be a game where if we play our game and play hard for the entirety of 60 minutes, that this game should even be close. I totally agree. And let's flip sides of the field now and take a look at the New York Jets defense and the matchup between the Jets defense and the Colts offense. As the Jets enter this week three matchup, 24th in the NFL in points allowed as they're led by Quentin Williams, nose tackle. He has a pair of sacks, a forced fumble, 10 tackles, and a pair of tackles for loss on the season. A very talented interior defensive lineman. He'll be going up against Quentin Nelson. So you have the Quentin Williams, Quentin Nelson, Quentin on Quentin battle there in the trenches. That's going to be fun to watch as he leads this Jets defense into this week three matchup. The Jets definitely, their defense is not great, but it's much more talented than their offense. They've got some players on their defense that are, that are really talented, starting with Williams that you, that you mentioned. He's really starting to come into his own. That's going to be a challenge for Quentin Nelson. Very fun matchup. I, I just think it's going to be fun to watch those two go head, head up and see who comes out on top. Uh, they got Bradley McDougald in the, in the Jamal Adams trade. Very solid, very solid, strong safety. Does everything pretty well. Uh, free safety, Marcus May. Linebacker Avery Williamson and old pal and and still playing pretty well defensive end Henry Anderson. So they they've got some talented guys on defense. It's still not a very good defense. Obviously gives up a lot of points. It's a Greg Williams defense, so it's very aggressive and can be overly aggressive. And you can expose their defense for their aggressiveness if if you know if you if you can run the ball. And that's the key. You know one of the keys to our offense is always running the ball. So if we can run the ball, we can do whatever we want in this game. So uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun matchup to see how the Colts attack this defense and a rookie to watch for the jets is Ashton Davis safety out of Cal. Uh, he was somebody I really liked in the, in the draft process and somebody that was a, a fun player to watch very fast, uh, very aggressive player. And uh, so that's just a guy to watch on their defense, a young player that I, that I think is going to be good uh, in years to come. Now let's get into the keys to the game now for the Colts offense against the New York Jets defense. Very similar to the week one keys to the game against the Jaguars. When you're going up against a team that you're better than, you want to jump on them early. You want to put them away early. We had chances in that Jaguar game. I believe we'll have chances again in this Jets game, and we have to capitalize. The Colts are the only offense in the NFL to not have a three and out on the season so we're able to move the ball downfield when we're getting to the red zone area we've struggled to put seven on the board jump on them early score touchdowns and put them away 
No question. They got to get on this team early. And when they get the chance to go from seven to 10 or seven to 14, they got to put those points on the board and just keep adding and adding and adding and just put them away. This again, I keep saying this, but it's really, this is really probably if you just look at the schedule, this is the easiest game on the Colts schedule. This game should be a breeze for them. It should be over by the fourth quarter. They should wear this team out. It should not be close. And that starts with jumping on them and taking their heart early. The Jets will absolutely fold up shop if you get on them early, and I think the Colts will. So that's key number one, definitely jumping on this team early, multiple touchdowns right away, and put them away. Yeah, and Jason, week one, we had this key against the Jaguars. We were up 7 nothing. We have the ball inside the five-yard line. We go for it on fourth and one, wrong personnel. Hines doesn't cut. He doesn't hit the hole. Nelson gets beat. We get stopped on fourth down inside the five-yard line. Last night, we saw Jaguar team who played very well against us week one. They go 1-0. They play well again week two. They lose, but they play well again. They're tied 30-30, under two minutes to go against the playoff team in the Tennessee Titans. Last night, they're down 7-zip. Miami, just like the Colts, have the ball inside the five-yard line. They punch it in for seven. They go up 14-0. What happens to the Jaguars? They get run off the field. Exactly. And the Colts had that opportunity week one. You have another similar situation here with a Jets team. The morale's not good. According to players on this team, the practices aren't good. The head coach is a disaster, an absolute disaster. You have to jump on them early because if you do, they will fold. Not to say the Colts can't get off to a slow start and come back and win this game, but there's no reason. There's absolutely no reason to do so in this game. You get on them early, you score early, and you put them away. Key number two, limit turnovers, limit penalties. Don't beat yourself. Absolutely, and it's it's a broken record again, but when you're playing inferior teams, the only way they can hang around in games like this is for the team that's superior, in this case the Colts, to do things out of character, turn the ball over, get stupid penalties, make mistakes they don't normally make, and that is the only way that teams like the Jets can hang around in games with teams like the Colts. So if the Colts want to win this game and do it with ease, they just, they just need to play their game, run the ball, don't turn the ball over, don't get dumb penalties. They do that, this is a blowout game. And key number three, something we would have liked to have seen last week, we want to see Jordan Wilkins get carries in the first half. Don't make it all Taylor in the first half and then sprinkling in Wilkins in the second half. Give Wilkins some first-half carries. One, because Wilkins is a great running back himself. He deserves those first-half carries. And two, because you want to see Jonathan Taylor have fresh legs in the second half. So mix it up with the two backs early in the ballgame. I know this is going to shock some people, and people might think this is a hot take, but I don't believe it is a hot take. The difference between Jordan Wilkins and Jonathan Taylor is not very big. It's not a very wide margin at this point. Uh, So there's no reason why Jordan Wilkins should not be getting early carries for the multitude of reasons that you, that you listed Luke one being, you want them both fresh at the end of the game, Taylor, especially because he's a younger player. He's not used to the grind of the NFL. So you want him to be, you want him to be healthy and ready to rock in the fourth quarter to wear these guys down. And so I really want to see Wilkins get more carries. I'd like to see the spread be a little bit closer than it was last week. Nine to, I think, what, how many carries did, did Taylor have last Taylor week? Last week. Yeah, twenty-six. Yeah, twenty-six to not. Yeah, that, that that's too that's too wide a margin. They they need to they maybe make it twenty-two thirteen or something like that, where where it's a little bit closer. 
because I think you're going to get more out of both of them. And, I, I again, Jordan Wilkins is a slept-on player. I don't really understand it. The guy averages damn near six yards a carry in his career, and he's got great vision. He always plays well as far as he doesn't turn the ball over. He always falls forward, kind of like Edger, and he's got he, he finds holes that most backs can't find. And I think at this young age for Taylor, you know, watching a guy like Wilkins can help him because Wilkins' vision is so good on plays where Taylor may not cut Wilkins' cuts and picks up, you know, 10 yards. You saw that when he came in the game. He immediately had two 10-yard runs. So I, I just think it helps both of them. I'm not trying to take anything away from Taylor. I think he's going to be a, a really good back for the Colts. But I also think Jordan Wilkins is a good back, and I think he needs to see more carries early in the game. Yeah, and that's something you lose with Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack's vision on top of his ball security were his two greatest attributes. He had such incredible patience and vision to hit the hole, and it's something that I think would be beneficial not just to the Colts as a team but to the development of Jonathan Taylor where it's not just all Taylor. And then on top of it, you get a fresh Taylor at the end of the game and I rather have a fresh Taylor at the end of a game running where you have a tired depleted defense and you could just pound him into submission because I think that's when he'll be at his best and then something else Jason and I were talking about don't get cute there's no reason to get cute we talk about how good this offensive line is and how good this roster is there's no reason to get cute Frank Reich likes to do it once in a while we had that first and goal or second and goal from the one yard line and we run that quarterback option with Jacoby and he gets sacked in week one line it up and just prove that you are better than your opponent we believe we're better than our opponent when our offense takes the field we believe we are I would say eight nine positions better than the Jets so just line it up and prove that you are the better team there's no reason to get cute with it a hundred percent agree. This is another game, just like last week, where I feel like the Colts can dominate the line of scrimmage. And when the Colts dominate the line of scrimmage, the Colts generally dominate the game. And when that happens, you see the offense open up. You see the defense play like it did last week, forcing turnovers. That's when the Colts are at their best. That is what the Colts' DNA is. The Colts' DNA is not cute, you know, trick plays and, and, and quarterback runs, you know, outside and, and, and read options and all that kind of garbage. That's not the Colts' DNA. The Colts' DNA is to punch you in the mouth. People need to understand that. This is not the same old Colts finesse team. This is a, a grind, grind you down defensive and, and, or, or physical defense, physical offense team that likes to punch people in the mouth, and that's what they are. And that doesn't involve, like, cute plays and slick, you know, plays trying to fool people. That's not the Colts. The Colts are, we're going to run the ball, you can't stop us, and we're going to do it for 60 minutes. And that's who we are, who they are, and I want to see that in this game. I, I, I think Phillip Rivers is going to have a big game. I think, I think the Colts' offense is going to have a big game. It's going to be a fun one, I think. And uh, Colt fans, definitely tune in for this one because I think you're going to see a lot of points. Yep, and as for our predictions, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game for the Colts. I think we put up 30 for the first time this year. I'm going to go 31-10. to 10. The Colts find the end zone multiple times this week. They find the end zone four times, plus a Rodrigo Blankenship field goal, and then we hold the Jets to 10. I think the Colts are going to get on them early. I think we're going to put them away, and I don't think it's going to be a very competitive game. You all know the rules. I picked the Colts against Miami last year, Miami won. I picked the Colts against Jacksonville this year, Jacksonville won. 
Y'all know the rules. These are the rules. I don't make them. I just follow them. We actually like did make those rules. I think we did. I think you made the rule, but it's a great rule, and you've got to follow it. Yeah, so based on everything that you've heard from me in this show, you know who I'm going to pick, right? The New York Jets. I like the Jets by one point in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Jets. All right, good. Now I could double down on my opinion of my final score prediction and my outcome, and I am even more confident now in the Colts thanks to Jason's prediction. So I got Colts 31-10. Jason, what do you have, like 21-20 Jets? I'm going to say Jets 31 to 30. Uh, just a gut feeling. Call me crazy, but, you know, I, 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 I feel really strongly <laughs> that that's what's going to happen. If we give up 31 points to this Jets team with no talent at the receiver position, four garbage Luke, cans along their Luke, offensive line. Luke, come on, man. Don't, 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 come on. Don't roast No, I'm just, Jason, I air. know that's your honest to God. <laughs> prediction and i know it is and i'm just saying i think you're crazy i think you're crazy but we'll see if you're right <laughs> can i just can i make one more point before we sign off here yep. i saw an article about quincy wilson you know on zoom he did a zoom interview with the jets media and uh, reiterated how happy he was that he was no longer a colt and he was a jet i really want to see quincy wilson on the field this week covering ty hilton i Please. think i think that would be a wonderful matchup for quincy because like Quincy said, you know, when he was here, we paid him to cover grass. The Jets pay him to, to cover humans. And we both know, Luke, that not only can Quincy not cover grass, but Quincy can't cover humans either. So it's really sad. But I, I don't think I've ever been more wrong about a player than uh, Quincy Wilson because I really liked him coming out of Florida. Yeah. Boy, was I wrong on that one. And let me say this, Jason. I'm rooting for all these former Colts. Even if they say stuff like, except Ebron, Wilson comes out and he says this. I'm rooting for him. I thought that we drafted him when he was extremely young. I think he was 21 years old when we drafted him. He's younger right now than Danny Pinter, who we just drafted this year. So he's extremely young. He was maybe a little bit immature, a little bit not ready to play at this level. He goes from the Pagano defense to the Eberflus defense. He never really fit in. He had a great performance last year against the Chiefs. But you look at this Jets roster. Moncrief, Gord, Desir, Farley, Wilson, Anderson, Hairston, Basham, Andrews, Travis, Mullet, Hennessy, even though I don't think Hennessy ever played a game with the Colts. But you look down the line at all the former Colts on the Jets. I'm rooting for all of them. I want to see these guys succeed. Not this week. Not this week against the Colts even though I think you think they're going to be pretty successful putting up 31 points and beating us by a point. <laughs> but as far as former Colts, I root for them. I really do, but I don't root for them when they play us, and I don't root for them when they talk smack. And I get the sense that Quincy Wilson's talking a little bit of smack. And he's only played 25 defensive snaps in two games for the Jets. So it's not like – it might not be like the Colts where he was a healthy scratch every week – but it's not like he's the star of this Jets defense, and it's not a tough defense to be a star of. We haven't even mentioned the trade sending Jamal Adams to Seattle, and he was one of the best players in football. I thought he was a top-five defensive playmaker in the league, one of the top non-quarterback playmakers in the NFL in terms of game-changing ability. This is just not a very good Jets team, and you look at a guy like Quincy Wilson running his mouth this week, it's just so unnecessary. So I would love, love for them to put him on T.Y. Please. And this is a revenge game for T.Y. 
battling his own demons from the last two weeks. So I would love to see that matchup. Please, God, let that happen. Please, Adam Gase. <laughs> yeah, I, that would be that would be fun to watch, especially because Williams is a one. He loves that one-on-one press man, and Quincy loves that. So that'd be a fun a fun matchup. I don't know if if their defensive coordinator, if Williams is that stupid, but you never know. My biggest issue with Quincy is he doesn't seem to be growing up at all. He's still doing things that immature kids do, yeah. like mouthing off still. Like, I mean, at what point do you grow up and start acting like a professional? I, that's my biggest issue with Quincy. I think if he, if he would just grow up and start acting like a professional, maybe his performance would improve as well because I think all that goes together. But he's not our problem anymore. He's the Jets' problem. Either way, uh, it's going to be a fun one on Sunday. Yep, and I'm pumped up. I'm ready to rock. I think this is a great opportunity for the Colts to pick up a second win, to go 2-1, and one, to win back-to-back games after dropping week one against Jacksonville, and to, you know, really get this thing rolling now because we have some very winnable games coming up over the next couple weeks. We had some people in our comment section saying, guys, focus, take it one game at a time. Like, we're playing and we're preparing for these games. As fans, I think we're allowed to look forward and project two, three, four games in advance. But we'll take it one game at a time. This weekend we have the Jets, beat the Jets, and then we get to see our buddy Chuck Pagano and the Chicago Bears next week. Oh, I'm 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 excited, Luke. I'm really excited about that, honestly. Oh, listen, I, I listen, Jason. Bust, bust I'm excited about that too. <laughs> uh, listen, guys. When on. I was in when I was in Indianapolis, I had Quincy Wilson. He was a rookie. I had Malik Hooker. It was it was like the second coming of Charles Woodson and Reed. I mean, it was. It was incredible seeing those two guys, two young bucks, two young Colts. Hey, rookie guys playing for the Colts. Baby horses, babies, rookies, first-year players. It's incredible stuff. <laughs> final I thoughts, Jason. I, 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 Before we wrap this up, final thoughts. Uh, my final thoughts are um, my, my prediction notwithstanding, I think this is going to be a fun week for the Colts and their fans. <laughs> what, are you trying to jinx us the other way now? No, 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 no. I, no, I'm just saying, I think it's going to be uh, fun. It's going to be fun to score 30 saying. points for the first time this year and lose, right? That's what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm picking the Jets because that's that's the rule. That's the but, rule. <laughs> but I also think it's going to be a fun week for Colt fans. Figure it out. It's, it's The answer somewhere in the middle. I'm speaking in riddles. I could read between the lines. I agree with you. I am pumped up for this week. Hopefully... The Colts take care of business as I expect them to do, improve to 2-1 and one on the season, and get ready to take on the Chicago Bears in Week 4. That's my man Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, and this is the Fool the Culture Podcast. <laughs>